Learning happens everywhere all the time. Hey there and welcome to the Homeschool Success Podcast. I am your host, Cami Wanis, the Freedom Scholar. My experience as a veteran homeschool mom, former public high school teacher, and mentor to homeschool families everywhere, along with periodic guests, will help you to create the homeschool experience you always wanted and your family deserves. Homeschooling is a leap of faith that can cause doubts, overwhelm, and uncertainty while trying to keep love of learning high and balance life, work, and kids. Each episode is packed with the strategies, tips, activity ideas, and resources you need to ensure your kids get a great education, create close family relationships, become good leaders, and have tons of fun. You'll learn everything from scheduling, curriculum, routines, and homeschooling multiple ages to increasing love of learning and everything in between. This podcast is different from anything else out there by also focusing on the thinking shifts that are the key to homeschooling successfully. Whether you're new to homeschooling or a seasoned veteran, make sure to subscribe so you'll gain the practical strategies and confidence you need to develop a rich love of learning culture and environment that results in passionate, lifelong learners. More than ever before, leaders are needed who have a great education and who use their unique talents and gifts to make this world better. Join me on my mission to raise our next generation of leaders through ensuring your family has a supportive and inspiring homeschool journey. Homeschooling is learning through life. You got this. Hey everyone, welcome to the Homeschool Success Podcast with Cami Wanis. And I am so excited because this is also our Live with Cami on Facebook group and YouTube Live today. And this is a really special event because we are joined by Ryan Swanstrom. Today we're going to be talking about computer science. I mean, this is something we all know our kids need. And this is something that we kind of as parents, we are if we're not in the tech world already, we're like, okay, we know our kids need to learn some skills in computer science and stuff. And maybe we know like, okay, they need to learn how to word process, they need to learn how to use the internet, they need to like, maybe learn how to Excel spreadsheet or something. But how do we really know what they're going to need to prepare for the future and what are the resources to get there? And one of the things that really attracted me initially to Ryan was I saw his post in a Facebook group, another homeschooling Facebook group. And I was like, hey, he just literally was like, I'm here. I am a computer science guy. I have lots of information. Ask me any question you want. And I'm looking to do these courses and and for students. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And so literally he'll tell you this story, but he um he he ended up getting a ton of responses. But I was the only one that was like, hey, let's work together, man. <laughs> like, let's, let's, I want to know about this because I know there are not that many computer science courses out there for students. There's like things you can do for coding, you know, programs you can use for that. My husband actually teaches Lego robotics and STEM in middle school. And so he gets to play with toys, which is super fun. But he also gets to do like, you know, 
he just gets to, you know, play around with different resources and stuff, but it's really limited as far as, okay, he can use scratch. They can use, you know, um, code.org and they can do some lessons on there and stuff, but it's not really geared with a sequential holistic program. And I feel like that's really missing for our kids, especially with what they're getting into in terms of the future with like we had on a previous podcast episode with AI when we were talking to Chris. And I am so excited because having a computer science program where you're actually learning those skills and what are the important skills to learn is really is really something we need to know. We need to start learning and playing with AI, of course, but how, what are the basic skills we need and, and how do we get there? And like, what if our kids really are tech savvy and like they're way beyond us? Like, no, I don't know what to give him because he already knows he did all the coding.org. He, you know, did all the, the, the scratch stuff. And now I don't know where to send him. I don't know what to do. What does he do? Create his app, creates, you know, all kinds of stuff. I don't know what to do. He wants to like one of our, um, Facebook group members said, she said her son came to her and said, I want to create my own game console, gaming console. And she's like, right on. I love that. And she has no idea what to do, where to send him and who would, right? I mean, that's kind of an intimidating project. So that's, I don't know if there's a YouTube video specifically just on, I mean, there probably is. We were just talking about that, but who knows? That's a bigger project than just like knowing how to code or something like that. I mean, her son probably just like, didn't like the buttons in the right place there. He thought they should be in a different order or something. I'm sure. But that's what we're here to talk about today. And I'm super excited because Ryan and I were talking a lot uh, on the phone and in previous conversations about just this computer science stuff is really something that we're not really adept at teaching right now in terms of even high school or in middle school and in elementary school and, and what resources we have is very limited. So for him to go out there and really create something is super cool. And I love his energy. He is a homeschooling dad. He's already in our community, which is awesome. He's got, uh, he's got an amazing experience in terms of the, uh, just science and technology background in general. And I'll let him tell you about that. So Ryan, can you just tell us a little bit about First of all, your homeschooling experience, and then just briefly, and then just tell us about how you got in this tech industry and why you want to create stuff for kids. All right. I, I will jump right into it. Like Cammy said, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Really happy to be here. Uh, I'm a homeschool dad. My oldest daughter, who we will tomorrow move her in for her sophomore year of college, we started homeschooling her halfway through kindergarten and oh. it was one of those things my wife said she just kind of had it on her heart that she wanted to do that and so through the years i have five children in total and all of them have been homeschooled most of the time there have been some that went to a class at a private school here or there but largely they've all been homeschooled and i think all of them are set to the ones that are home the remaining four will all be homeschooled this year so that's kind of how I got into that. And I've had varying levels of involvement with homeschooling my kids over the years. I would say every year I've been involved in some aspect of it, some years more or less. But I I have a tech background. I spent 20 some years in the tech industry being a software developer, 
a data scientist, a consultant, uh, a number of those things. I did even spend uh, a year being a computer science professor at a university a while back. Uh, for those that care, I do have a PhD in computational science and statistics. So I have, I guess, academic qualifications for that. But it's one of the things that's been on my mind for years that homeschool students need to be learning computer science and not even really just homeschool all students need to be learning computer science and i noticed that in the homeschool world there just wasn't a ton of options available and that's why i decided this year i was like i really just need to go after this and start making some courses and making some content and talking to homeschoolers about what they need for preparing their children for a future in computers and a technology world. So that's kind of how it got us here. I'm going to pause for a second and let it go back to Cammy in case you've got another question. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's really great. And I love that, you know, that's what really homeschooling is all about is, is parents finding the best opportunities for our kids. And if we don't find them, we make them. <laughs> that's just how it goes. I mean, that's really what homeschoolers are scrappy like that, right? <laughs> homeschoolers are just, yes. we make things happen. And that's just what it is. I love that. And this seems like kind of an obvious question, but just for kicks and giggles, like why is computer science and learning these skills important for our kids' future success? I know we talked about, you know, in a few previous episodes, we've talked about using AI and stuff like that and how it's important for our kids to get familiar with that stuff so that we can put it in the good hands of the good kids, you know, hands of the good future. And, but computer skills in general, let's just say, you know, my kid is really interested in, you know, art and doesn't like painting and doesn't really, you know, want to do computers. Why do they need basic computer skills dumb question but so this is this is how i look at it in most uh, homeschool in the most high school curriculums whether homeschooled or not there are some basic elements that you always have to take to graduate and oftentimes there's a series of science classes you know, that you need to take a biology, a chemistry, a physical science. Sometimes it's a physics. There's just basic classes that you need to take. I have learned throughout my career that I work with many people and I know many people who now work in the tech sector, work in computer programming or some area of tech, and they had zero background and zero formal training in computer science or anything like that. And I always ask myself, why isn't computer science a required part of our education growing up? Because just think about it. I don't have to convince people. We use computers all the time. And people that have jobs use computers. And we just use them all the time. Knowing how to create for those devices, I think, is a very valuable skill that all of us need to know. Much like knowing biology is important, even if you don't become someone in the medical profession, understanding a basic level of biology so that, you know, you can know how to correctly apply first aid. When you go to the doctor and you break a bone and they explain things to you, you can kind of understand it a little bit. I think we need that same level of knowledge in the computer science world as well. I love that you were talking about how you work with people who are in the tech industry who never had any formal training. And I, I think that's so funny because it's remarkable to me 
as a former high school teacher and my husband's still teaching in public school that it is not a required course by any stretch of the means. It's not even offered necessarily in a lot of places. And that's really shocking to me. And it's, it kind of reminds me of when I was in high school and typing was offered and it wasn't a requirement, but you could take typing. And I remember my parents being like, no, well, that's one of your electives. You're taking typing. That's just not an option. You're going to take typing because that's just what you need. But I feel like computer science is one of those things that should be required, but it's not. And it's, not even offered in so many places. And that's such a shocking thing to me that it's, it, it's not even being, being something that's, that's an option for kids. It's really that, crazy. That is, that is true. I was going to stop here and jump in. And the, yeah. there is a couple of things that like are contributing to this one. When I started making classes a little while ago, I kind of thought maybe the homeschool world was a little bit behind in rolling computer science into their curriculum, but I've since concluded after talking to, you know, public and private school students, it's not required there at all. A lot of schools don't even offer computer classes. And if they do, the students really aren't encouraged to take those computer science classes. Even if you're a student that knows you want to go on and, you know, major in, engineering or some field like that you're not encouraged to take these classes in in high school and that really surprised me but looking farther into this and this one's kind of important for some people if you really are preparing for your students for college and i know everyone in the homeschool world isn't everyone in the public schools isn't preparing their kids for college but many colleges nowadays and this one's important many colleges nowadays will accept a year of computer science as a substitute for one of your other sciences. So if you go, if you apply to a college and they say we need four years of science, you can substitute one of those years as computer science. But I would say some schools do this, many schools do this, but not all schools. The thing that I'm discovering that's falling a little bit behind is scholarships. If you apply for certain scholarships and they're looking for three or four years of science, they may not accept computer science as one of those requirements for your scholarship. So even though you can get into a college, you may not be able to apply for a scholarship. And things like that are surprising me. And I think we're going to get there, but it just hasn't happened at blazing speed yet. And so we're just kind of waiting for that to catch up. But uh, Cammy, uh, I'm going to guess you and I both grew up and never took a computer science class in high school. In I, I took them at college because I majored in computer science at college. But in high school, I didn't take one. So now as a homeschool parent, I'm asking myself what computer science should be in the high school. And that question right there is not well understood. I actually yeah. did take a, a computer programming class in my senior year, just as an elective, just because I was kind of interested in it. It was like the year when desktops were like just starting to get in everybody's homes, you know, and <laughs> dating myself, you guys, seriously. <laughs> and so it was, it was on, it was on an Apple IIe and it was a super basic programming class. I, it, it was in, yeah, it was in the, 
the language basic, actually. I, I was going to guess it was probably in basic. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about where my computer science ended. But well, it so was... you're ahead of a lot of us. You actually had a computer science class in high school. So many of us didn't. Yeah, it was really funny. I remember just writing the codes for them. And that with basic, you have to write line by line by line by line and then re-loop them and things. And and yeah. I remember just drawing like a square because you couldn't draw a circle. It wasn't possible in the Apple IIe. And so you had to draw a square. And it was like so hard. It took like 20 pages of code just to draw a square. It was amazing. Now the kids are like dragging and dropping code in. and Some things have gotten easier. And, you know, some things... I don't know, can still be as challenging. It, it is challenging in a different way. That's for sure. That is for sure. So in talking about these kinds of skills and coding and things like that, what are the basic skills? Like if I'm going to say my kid is at least computer savvy enough to be successful in their future, whatever they're choosing in or outside the tech industry, just a basic knowledge. What are those skills that they need? All right. So I'm going to kind of take this one all the way back because I think parents are starting to notice this in the sixth, seventh, eighth grade middle school years with their students. They're starting to notice an aptitude towards liking computers and spending a little bit more time on there. Uh, I will say just because a child or a student likes to play on computers, it doesn't necessarily mean they are destined for a career in computer science. And this is similar to me, like I grew up in the 80s and 90s and television was a big thing. Just because I watched TV doesn't mean I was destined to be an actor. So just playing on a computer doesn't mean you're destined to be a computer a computer worker when you grow up. But this is what I'd say as a, as a middle school student, get your child involved in some type of beginning programming class. And uh, Scratch is one of the most popular languages out there and it is highly targeted towards, you know, younger people, beginners. It is very fun. It is block-based. So like Cami was saying, where you write line by line and then you loop everything back together. Scratch doesn't bring that in. So it's a little bit more accessible for newcomers in there. But some of the... Computer science basic topics, things like how do you create a loop? And for some of you, these terms I throw out maybe aren't even going to make sense. You've maybe never done these things. Loops, conditionals, how do you understand what an if statement means in a computer? What is a variable? What's a function? What's object-oriented programming? These are all things that you can learn if you continue taking computer science classes. But as a middle schooler, jumping into the Scratch programming language and getting to play around with a fun interface that's based on kind of making pretty simple games that you can play and share out for other people is a great way to start. Then when you get into, into high school, that's where I, I'm often telling people, get into a real programming class, not necessarily a Scratch one. Scratch is a great place to start, but when you get to high school, get into a real text-based programming and there's lots of languages available. Python is a popular one. JavaScript is another one. C Sharp is also another one. The class 
I teach is going to use C sharp. Uh, there's just a number of different languages to start with. And, and I would say it isn't necessarily so important which language you choose. It is important that you're learning the things I mentioned. Uh, variables, looping, conditionals, functions, object-oriented programming. Those are things. And you can learn most of those things in a semester or a year-long class in computer science. But that's where it gets a little bit interesting is once you've taken that class, then what do you do next? And so I don't know, Cammy, if you want me to talk about that or if you had a follow-up question for this. Yeah, go ahead. I, I definitely did want to mention um, just in terms of the skills in general, some of you might be thinking, well, my kid's not really into like he's never going to code anything, you know, or like, I don't know, he's not really like into tech that much. But... Those skills that you learn there, and Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, are like the actual and the things you were talking about looping function, you know, those kinds of things are such critical thinking, like strategic skills, like there's such thinking involved there in terms of problem solving and okay, this didn't work. Because I know that's what my husband sees in Lego Robotics a lot. Like the kids come up and say, Mr. Juanes, I don't, this isn't working. I don't know why the programming, like it's just stopping and I, we can't figure it out what's going on. And he'll say, okay, well, why don't you look at, see what's happening here. Let's look at the code for what that says. And they have to literally go back and problem solve. Is it my bot? Is it my, the Legos itself? Is it the coding? Is it the timing? Is it the, you know, and all those kinds of things. Those are skills that even if you don't end up being in the tech world, which most of us won't end up being in the tech world, we are available to you at any time because you're actually using your problem solving skills. Is that what like really the basic part of those skills are? Yes. Computer science is very much logical thinking because computers do exactly what they're told. And when you tell them to do something wrong, they do it wrong. And in the computer world, we call those computer bugs. And like Tammy was mentioning or Cammy was mentioning, you need to be able to go back and step through each bit of logic. What am I doing here and what do I expect to happen? What am I doing here and what do I expect to happen? And you need to follow that logic all the way through. And it really works on your critical thinking problems. And also another thing. Thinking. Yeah. Yes. It is. It is also really interesting as a computer scientist to know how to take a real world problem and turn it into something that a computer can solve. And that's like, that's at the heart of what computer scientists get to do is turn those things, turn those problems into solutions you can write on a computer. So it's, it's very much problem solving and logical thinking. I love that. Yeah. And I, and, and really when we're talking about consequential thinking in terms of applying that in other places, we would say it also applies to then extrapolated down to if I climb on this very thin branch, it might not hold me. <laughs> or if I don't do something that mom just told me to do, there are these consequences. Or if I make this bad decision, then there are these consequences. It's the same kind of thinking extrapolated out into the real world. And I love that you talk about the creativity part about it being inventing because that's what kids do. They're always like, man, man, this is messed up. I don't like, just like Gina's son, I don't like the, where this 
button is on this console. I just need to make a new one. Like I just need to make it, make a total new one. That's, that's all I need to do. Yeah. And like just in computer science, you have a specific tool set and often that tool set is a programming language and some frameworks and data storage that you have together. You can build lots of things much like in the world, a, you know, a general contractor or a carpenter can build just about any type of house, but you still have the same basic materials to work with. You've got some lumber and you've got some saws and some nails and some screws and some drills. And, you know, you just have to know how to use the tools that you have to build what you want at the end. That's a great example. Great example. And so thinking about preparing our kids for this kind of, you know, education, what kind of tech equipment do we need? Because, I mean, does it have to cost us a lot? Because that's something that homeschoolers, we just aren't going to go spend a million dollars on tech equipment if our kids aren't really going to be using it. And then we don't even know what to get. So what are like some basic things that we need? And is it going to like really break the bank? This is the interesting thing for computers and technology that I don't know that other fields have this. A laptop is pretty much all you need to get started and build websites, build apps, build programs all over. It doesn't even have to be a special laptop. And I that's, that's what's surprising. And that's why uh, before the show, I was briefly mentioning that there are middle school kids that have access to a laptop, which is, which is great. Like I encourage it to, to do that, but they have access to a laptop and they have figured out the fact that I can code stuff and I can build stuff and I can make things on my laptop that I don't know, 40, 50 years ago, people just couldn't do that. And if you think about in other career fields, if you want to be a, you know, structural engineer, you may be in the middle school years, you might build a small model of a bridge made out of balsa wood or something like that. But you're never going to go build a real bridge in, you know, a city. But as an eighth grader with a laptop, you can build a real website that you can deploy out to the world, just like anybody else's website that's out there. And it's amazing. The access we have to do these things on the internet uh, the barrier to entry is really pretty low. Most people have the tools to do this stuff. Yeah, it's really remarkable. And I love that, you know, even tech savvy kids, they want more of the tech stuff and everything, but you can really do a lot. It reminds me of that movie, the Die Hard movie, where he's like, he broke into NORAD with a laptop and you think I'm afraid of you? He's like, that's just like, you can do so much with a laptop. <laughs> Yes, yes, you can. And I, one of the things I set up for uh, my high school class on programming C Sharp is you can do it on a Chromebook even. And you can get a lot of Chromebooks for under $300. I have a $250 Chromebook in my house that I will go sit upstairs on my lap or on my couch and I can program things and run things on my Chromebook just through a web browser because there are some tools out there. It's amazing how low the barrier to entry to programming is. I love that. And, and having good information too, right? So in 
in just starting, if I'm just starting, where do I begin? I have a laptop, my kid's ready. Where, where do I go? All right. So there's, there's tons of resources on the internet for these. Uh, I have created ones and some learning resources specifically for the homeschool world, www.programmingprofessor.com gets you to those. I, I have an introductory scratch course uh, that is targeted at, I say, 10th graders and below. So the middle school, early high school years teaches scratch and a number of the basic, you know, entry level computer science techniques you can use. I'm also, I don't know that it'll run in the fall of 2023, but it probably will in the spring of 2024, a high school class covering the C-sharp programming language. And that's a text-based language. It's a real language that uh, real professional software engineers and developers use. So those are like, great resources if you're looking for some programming classes. I will also say that different people have different needs and different wants. There are lots of other resources on the internet. Some are paid, some are free. A lot of them are really good. Uh, I always say this a lot. Like, I, I, I hope you take my classes. I mean, that's great. But I think I'm more interested in making sure that when kids graduate from high school, they at least have some knowledge of computer science in them. So I encourage people to, you know, find that computer science class and, you know, get your student enrolled in it. And if it happens to be my classes, that's great. But if not, get them in a computer science class somewhere. So We've been talking a lot about high school and middle school kind of access, but what about for littles? Do you think it's important for elementary school aged kids to start playing around or what age do you think that's appropriate? And what are some of the resources for them? You know, they, they do say that Scratch, the programming language I talked about, uh, they have stuff for very early elementary age I would say my children, I, I, right now I have a going to be second grader. I had to think about that for a second. You know, they those kids, they just keep changing ages and they just keep getting older. So I got to try to get that right. But uh, she's in second grade. And so far I've tried some of the things and some of the little apps on my phone. She really hasn't taken a big interest in it yet. And I think that's okay. Uh, I think it's fine. And I was working on a blog post about this and like, how do you integrate this? I think for most of your elementary grades, you don't necessarily need an entire year or semester of computer science and computer programming. I think it's something you can drop in a little, a couple of weeks of this and a couple of weeks of that. And a great place to look for starters for younger ages is code.org. They're one of the big organizations that is very strong behind Let's set some standards for computer science education and let's offer some resources to help people do this. And a lot of their stuff, I mean, if you search around on their site, I mean, you can find stuff targeted kindergartners, targeted first graders, second graders, and they just have little lessons and lesson plans. And a lot of it you can do right in your computer browser. But it's a great way to introduce your elementary kids to computer science. And it's free, right? Code.org is free, right? Code.org is free. Yes. So, and I know my husband uses that in middle school with his kids, but, and my son has used it before too. And it's really like a lot of games, right? It's kind of like coding games. 
Yes. And it, yeah. One of the neat things that the computer science world has done over the last, uh, maybe even only about 10 or 15 years is they've started making computer programming more accessible to younger people to learn those logical thinking concepts. And how they've done that is they've built a lot of these apps and resources based around more fun, building some quick games, drag and drop, you know, block based coding interface, instead of having to write all your text, you know, drag a block in there that's a for loop and things like that. It just makes it a little bit easier for uh, younger people to get started and doing this stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's a really great way. And I know my son had fun with it, just playing around with it a little bit. He didn't really get too far into it. But it's interesting when he was in middle school that my he did the Lego Robotics County Challenge that my husband always takes a bunch of students to. And even though he hadn't been in the Lego Robotics class with my husband, and he doesn't really do a whole lot of you know Lego Robotics building with him, he kind of just lets him explore on his own. He actually really picked up scratch super easy and he was further along in than a lot of kids that were struggling with scratch or just programming in my husband's class. I'm not trying to toot my kids horn, but I'm just saying that it's a really easy program for kids to um to access no matter whether they've been doing it for a long time or not. It, it is and one of the things I like about it is because of the logical thinking part of scratch you can kind of discover whether whether the problem solving in computer programming is something that your student enjoys. Because everybody's brain doesn't like to think that way. Everybody's brain doesn't want to do that. and But some people do. And it's a great way to figure out early on, this is something I really like. And I love solving problems this way. And my brain logically thinks this way. And I, I would love that, that every student gets exposed to that type of thinking before they graduate from high school. Cause I, I realize it's not going to be for everybody much like, like a lot of people take biology. Most of us aren't going to grow up to be biologists, but we still get enough to understand what that is. So that when we see a problem that presents itself, we know whether it goes into the bucket of this is biology type of stuff. That's what I need to be thinking about. Whereas the computer science world is the same way. And I have a little story. Uh, one of my friends, I, I had, lunch with a friend a couple of weeks ago. He, he works at a company. He said, he said, just knowing what computer programming can do for you can save your company so much money. His example, he said, I worked at a company and they needed to send an email to uh, a couple thousand of their employees. And what they did is they took one of the uh, admin assistants at the office and they told her for the next two weeks, she had to handwrite all of these emails and put the person's name at the top and then put, I can't remember if it was uh, the amount of money in their uh, 401k account or something like that, respond and email them all this information. And my friend said, I told them they didn't have to do this. They could write a computer program to you know, go to our database and get everybody's name and their account balance and put this in an email and they could send it to everybody. And we could probably code this up and send it off and be done in the afternoon rather than having the admin assistant spend two weeks hand typing all these emails. But it goes back to the, if people don't know the types of problems you can solve with computer science, they can't apply them. 
I love that. Yeah. You know, there's so much I learn on a daily basis with everything that I'm doing with, you know, videoing and podcasting and social media and all that. I'm like, my coach always tells me, oh, there's a this. Have you tried this website and they can do this? And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Have you tried? Good job. Have you tried? You know, whatever. It's like, that's that's really amazing. I that will take a lot off the years of my life. Thank you. <laughs> so, that's definitely true. And so for kids, just starting out, I definitely know scratch is a great way to go, like Ryan said. And then what about kids who are maybe older kids who are really into computers? Like I have a friend whose child is like way into building his own computers, like he builds towers and stuff like that. What what about those kids? Where do they go from here? Like so they're, you know, they know how to do scratch. They know how to do some a little bit of AI. Well, how do they, where do they go? What other class do they take? What, what's the next level? All right. This is, this is a, a topic and a question. I've gotten a similar question a lot of times, and I'm going to spin this question a little bit. Uh, I get this a lot. Parents say, can my student get a job straight out of high school? And here is my answer to that. It is yes, but probably no. And here is why Here's why I said there are tons of people in tech that don't have a degree, but they don't have a degree in computer science or sometimes even a degree in anything. Many of them worked somewhere else. Maybe they worked at a factory. Maybe they worked at a warehouse. And over the five, 10 years they worked there, they became the person that always went and fixed the computer when it was broken. It really wasn't their job, but they fixed it. And then eventually the company needed some tech workers and that person rolled into the job. And it eventually, you know, years later, they're a tech worker now, but they never really got formal training and a degree. So that's why a lot of people don't have tech degrees. But why I say is don't prepare your high school student upon high school graduation to be ready for getting a tech job. And this is why I say that because companies really aren't looking for and recruiting high school seniors to fill their job requisitions. And so there might be positions available for this, but it's, it's kind of uncommon to do that. And so I've gotten a lot of questions about that. And I talking to other people, the people I've run into that that did get a job straight out of high school kind of fall into two buckets here. The first one is very, very bright student uh, who, upon graduating from high school, can compete and be better than most college graduates because you don't have to be as good, you have to be better. Than the college graduates because any company is going to look at you and it's going to be hard to even get into the interview process because they're going to say you don't even have a degree uh, and you're straight out of high school but if you can get into the interview which i've heard is very hard you have to overly impress them because you're kind of coming from a deficit and and that means everything from your technical knowledge has to be uh, amazing plus your your levels of responsibility and maturity and everything just has to be at a very, very high level. And it's hard to do that. Or maybe you're just uh, even with 
internships or some kind of apprenticeship programs might be a good way for kids to go into. Yes. Yes. And it, so, and the, the other type of high school students that get jobs right out of the, they're kids, the entrepreneurial type of students who, by the time they graduate from high school, they already have 10 people paying them to build them a website and to work on their stuff. And they realize they don't know to go to college. So what I'm starting to tell people is if you have a student that is highly, highly interested in doing these things, many states offer the ability to do dual enrollment through local colleges or community colleges for their programs. And I, I know of some states where you can you can totally do a uh, an associate's degree your junior and senior year of college, and you graduate with an associate's degree in computer programming, and companies look for and recruit those types of people. Like hmm. they're they're looking for that. And so I'm like, I'm kind of starting to tell people don't bank on getting a tech job right out of high school. Uh, maybe go the community college or associates or bachelor's degree route, or when you get done with high school, see if you can find some internships because sometimes places will will hire you for that. Maybe get a, a job that is something that is maybe not hardcore tech, but kind of related and things like uh, a cell phone company place, a cell phone repair shop, uh, you know, a sales job at a big company that, you know, you're helping sell computers, sell uh, you know, TVs and, and tech products and things like that. Cause then you're hanging out with tech, you're learning about it, you know more about it. And at the same time where you're doing that, start studying for some certifications because the tech world certifications can get you in the door. Uh, so there's a couple of different ways, but I, I just, I, I caution people to say it's kind of unrealistic to graduate from high school and just guarantee you're going to jump right into a computer programming job. Well, they think they're going to play enough video games. They can be a video game <laughs> creator, right? Or something, which they totally I, could be. But. I, I have tons of thoughts on that. and But that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> I, I, definitely. Actually, definitely. I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm just going to stop you right there. Because I, yeah. do, I do have a thought. I visited a college a couple weeks ago. And the head of the uh, computer science department talked to me. And he said, our gaming club on campus, because colleges have these now, gaming clubs and they have esports team. He said our gaming club has the highest retention of any sport club major program in school history. Wow. And so, so for people that don't know, colleges do offer esports clubs and esports teams. So it, it is not unrealistic to... Like if your kid is really likes video games and you think they're pretty good at it, they can get college scholarships to do this. Wow, that's incredible. I haven't seen that before. That's really amazing. The um and in terms of your resources in the future, we're kind of running out of time. So I want to make sure to to let people know how they can reach you and where to get your resources in. So I know one of the questions that people are going to ask is what is your as far as homeschooling computer science programs, that's what you generally focus on, but do this, they have to be homeschoolers to take your classes? You know, I, I say for my computer science one and like my, my classes, I say yes, 
Although I do not have necessarily a way to verify and check that everyone is a homeschool student. So it's possible somebody could get in there and not be a homeschooler, but I'm targeting it at homeschool students. Yeah. Well, they would be doing it at home, <laughs> right? They'd have to do well, it. I guess, that, I guess that's true. I, I don't know. I haven't crossed the barrier yet where a public school student has asked to be in my class or maybe they have, they just haven't come out and told me that they were that way. And I guess if, if that's okay, that's fine. I, it's just, there are some different things that you associate with traditional school and homeschool. And I don't know. So yes, I'm choosing I choosing to go homeschool. Yeah, definitely. So how do we reach you? How does everybody kind of get a hold of you? What's, what's the best place to, you know, con get your resources? www.programmingprofessor.com is the website. The list of courses are on there. If you want to check those out. One other thing that just started up that I wanted to call out and mention, uh, I did just start a Minecraft club. It's not necessarily a computer science topic, but I thought it kind of falls close enough to what I talk about. I I don't know who else is going to do this for the homeschool world. So I started a homeschool Minecraft club. If you join the club, you can get access to the official homeschool Minecraft server and you can play Minecraft with other kids. There is also the scratch course and uh, next spring there will probably be the computer science C-sharp programming class. And there might be other courses in the future too as well. I, I may do some other things, but www.programmingprofessor.com is where you can find out the information. Sign up there for newsletter as well. I love that. And so you guys make sure you look out for upcoming courses. I know I'm looking forward to having my son do the high school course and he is always looking at what I'm doing and interviewing people and he goes I want to do that I want to do that so he's looking forward to it already as well because I already told him about it and I want to make sure that everybody gets in touch with you and keeps track of what you're doing because I know that you're serving our homeschooling community in a very big way and you for sure are the best person to know about what they need in that area so thank you again for joining us. I'm super excited. This is going to be a wonderful journey together. I know we're going to, we're going to keep in tabs on each other and, and definitely, definitely, you know, share resources. And I'm super excited about that. So, and I'm really excited about what we talked about today, because it's something that I feel like I learned some things and I didn't really think about before, especially when we were talking about how the thinking skills of computer science transfer to other places. So it's really, it's really interesting. And I feel like this is a really great conversation. So thank you so much. Is there one thing that you would like say, just lasting comments, lasting tip to give to a homeschooling parent? Well, first I'd say, thanks for having me on Cami. And the next thing I would say, homeschooling, it isn't easy. So you got this. Hey, that's my line too. <laughs> I always say that as well. I love that. You guys do got this. I say that all the time. This is a leap of faith. It is a, the best journey you'll ever be on. And it is something that you were born to do. You are your kids. Number one and most important teacher, like I always say. And this 
is something that you have got. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks for joining us today and look forward to seeing you all on the next episode. Bye-bye. If you're loving this information and want to connect with Cami live, join our Facebook group, the Freedom Scholar Homeschooling Community. Every Thursday in Live with Cami, you can get more great homeschool tips, how-tos, and resources, and get your questions answered. And subscribe to our newsletter to get your free ebook, Creating Educational Harmony in Your Home. See show notes for the links. Hope to see you live. This is an informational podcast. The information presented in each episode is the most recent and honest to the best of the presenter's ability. Results are not guaranteed. This podcast aims to educate and there are no guarantees of results implied. Listeners are encouraged to seek out and meet their local homeschool requirements. Any products, websites, and company names mentioned in this podcast are their respective owner's trademarks or copyright properties. The presenter is not associated or affiliated with them in any way unless otherwise stated. Nor does the referred product, website, or company necessarily sponsor, endorse, or approve this podcast. We hope you enjoy and find value in each episode. This content is copyrighted and not authorized for reproduction.